Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Heavenly Father, thank you for those gathered tonight. Thank you for those joining via live stream and and those who will hear the recording. Uh, We look to you, our Heavenly Father. We look to you to instruct us tonight by your Holy Spirit and to lead us closer to the man Christ Jesus. We want to be faithful disciples. We want to navigate the storms of life. Lord, you didn't guarantee it would be easy or comfortable, but you guaranteed you'd be with us, you'd be near. And so, Holy Spirit, illuminate the truths of Scripture tonight and connect our heart to your heart, Lord. And I pray for those here in this room or or hearing the recording or or the stream that may be in a storm. Uh, I pray that they would get much hope from these truths that we'll talk about tonight, Lord. Give us hope. Lord, the, the Word of God says you are the God of hope. And so we're asking by your Spirit, touch our heart, touch our mind, touch our emotions and our bodies even with hope. I even pray, Lord, as I share your word, that you would heal, heal bodies, heal minds, heal hearts, encourage tonight in Jesus' name, Lord. Turn our weariness into strength. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, we're going to, again, wish I gave you the notes, but we're going to go to Matthew chapter 8. So if you got that on your phone or if you got a Bible on you, Flip open to your Bible app, Matthew eight twenty three, and then I'll touch on, so the story, there's actually a number of stories where there was a storm that the disciples were in on their boat. There's a, there's a bunch of them in the Gospels. We're going to start with three of them tonight, then we'll look at a different three next week. And then there were actually teachings that Jesus did about when storms come and who survives those and who doesn't. They're all really important and instructive. But in this particular scenario, in Matthew chapter 8, this is when the disciples had been ministering. They've kind of gone with Jesus in ministry for a while. We're probably about a fourth of the way through the ministry at this point, through Jesus' earthly ministry. And there was... You know, all kinds of things happening. Jesus was teaching, crowds were getting big, and he had to go from one place to the other, and that involved getting on a boat and going through, um, you know, they didn't have airplanes and trains and (laughs) drones and all the things we have today. So their primary means of transportation was either, you know, walk, use an animal, or take a boat. And so they're, they're navigating the waters, And we'll pick it up here in Matthew chapter 8. This is such an amazing story. It says, Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. This is Matthew 8, 23. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, 
so that the boat was covered with the waves. So they're just trying to get from one place to the other. All of a sudden, it's life-threatening very quickly. And Paul went through this as well a couple weeks ago. So they're freaking out. It says, you know, the waves are crashing over, but he was asleep. It's an interesting, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. No matter what happens, he's just in perfect peace. He can sleep anywhere. And so he's asleep. Then the disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. You know, they didn't pray a nice biblical prayer right there. They, they thought they're dying. And so they're screaming. I mean, they're, I mean, imagine you're in the middle of the water and you feel like you're dying. I mean, there's, I mean you've seen it in the movies probably. I've, I've been far out at sea on a fishing thing and it's, it's like, whoa, there's nothing but water forever. And it can be intimidating. And so they're, they're thinking it's over. Just like Paul was thinking it's over. And, and he says this to them. He says, why are you fearful, O you of little faith? <laughs> Just, Jesus, it's not really a fun time to teach us a little lesson on faith. We think we're dying. We think it's over and you're rebuking us for fear and unbelief. I just think, man, that's a little heavy. And then, so he says, why are you fearful? Oh, you of little, oh, you guys. And this is when the, the, you know, my kids and I, we call it the mind-blowing moment. It says he gets up from his nap, he, he arose, and he rebuked the winds. Who does that? Who rebukes wind itself? Jesus does. So he rebuked the winds and the sea, it says. And there was a great calm. Imagine this. You're on in the middle of the sea and you're, you know, waves are, you know, maybe you've seen Titanic, the movie, and, you know, people are freaking out. And it went from like a tempest, a great windstorm, or like a low-grade hurricane to instant calm. And that's freaky. Because that doesn't just happen. Like, hurricanes don't just off. Nothing that never happens. Says the men marvel. So they went from like, ah, help, we're dying, to, oh my goodness. And they say this, who can this be? They say the statement, even the winds and the sea obey him. Now, Mark has a few different details in his. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Luke has a few different details. Uh, One of the things I like about the Mark passage is uh, it says when they went to uh, leave on their journey, it says, let us cross over to the other side. And I just want to say this. There are seasons in our life where as we follow Jesus, there's like these crossing over moments from from one place to the next. And it's like, okay, we've followed you, Jesus, this far. But Jesus says, well, I got to take you to the next thing. And if I take you to the next thing, I need to teach you a few lessons so that you can walk into what I have next for you. And so there was this, Almost this idea of Jesus progressively revealing himself to his disciples as they needed it. 
And so the further they went along in ministry and the closer they would get to taking over in a couple years, because of course Jesus would be crucified and they would take the leadership of the church, they needed to, to know, okay, this isn't just another prophet. This isn't just a good teacher. This is God that they're with. And so when they begin to say, even the winds and the sea obey him, it's starting to dawn on them. This isn't just another Elijah. This isn't just like the next Jeremiah. You know, this isn't just a little M Messiah. This is the creator. This is God himself in the flesh. Because when the creator speaks things into existence, only the creator can say, stop that, to creation. <laughs> there's, only, there's only one person that creation itself obeys. I mean, I could go outside and say, stop that, you fall weather, and go back to summer. And it's not going to listen to me. It doesn't recognize me. But creation recognizes the voice of its creator, and it obeys. And when they begin to go, oh my goodness, this isn't just a good moral teacher. This isn't just another guru with a spin on things to get us to live moral lives. When they begin to realize this is the Genesis chapter 1 creator of all things, and creation is obeying him, oh my gosh, this is... This is God in the flesh. And it says in a couple of the different gospel passages that that thought terrified them. If you can remember in Israel's history, do you remember when like God would be on the mountain? It would say that everyone was terrified. Ah, it's a flaming fire. God's up there. It was a generally terrifying experience when God would show up. But here's God in the human flesh. God is with us. God is with them. And he's sitting on their boat. And he's looking at them eye to eye. And the same voice that spoke light and spoke planets into existence and spoke trees and grass throughout creation, it's the same person sitting with them. And that's an intimidating thought. But I think what he wanted them to know He's basically saying, guys, I've gotten you this far. I know you're impressed with some of the teachings I've given and the healings, but I just want you to know, I've called you to follow me, not because I'm just another good person, but because I'm God. And only I can give life. Only I can give you eternal life. Only I can forgive sins. There is no other. And so this is such a stunning moment in the ministry. I mean, think of the things Jesus could have done. Again, throughout the ministry of Christ, Jesus always did almost what I would call the minimum to get people's attention because if he did the maximum, I don't think the human brain could handle it. I mean, if Jesus would have really pulled out the fireworks, I think we would just kind of have a meltdown. He could have done anything. He could have done a lightning show. He could have, you know, had mountains flying around. He could have been doing anything he wanted. He wanted to connect. And there's a number of scriptures. 
Let me just read real quick Psalm 65, 7. You who still the noise of the sea, the noise of their waves, and the tumult of the peoples. Psalm 89, 9. You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. Psalm 107. This is an incredible passage. I mean, just, just listen to this and tell me what it sounds like. It says, He commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens. They go down again to the depths. Their soul melts because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble, and He brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm so that its waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet, so He guides them to their desired haven. This is the Old Testament version of what we just read. So he's saying, guys, this is me. What the psalmist spoke of, this is me. What was revealed in creation, I'm the creator. So he's connecting a number of dots. There's a reason why he did certain things. You know, there, there, there could have been all sorts of drama and, and fanfare he could have stirred up, but he just wants us to know I'm the creator. I'm the one that David spoke of. I'm the one that the prophets spoke of. I'm the one revealed throughout Israel's history, throughout the testimony of Scripture in in the Old Covenant or the Old Testament. I'm that one. Now here's the good news for us tonight. The same man we follow. The same Jesus. He's He's this Jesus. And so point number one, I'm taking the long way of saying it, we don't as Christians, as Christ followers, as intercessors who come and pray regularly, we're not just following another good religion that works out for us. This isn't just one of many crutches to get through life. This man is God. He's the one true living God, Scripture says. He's the ultimate creator. There was nobody else that said universe exists. And it did. Nobody else can do that except the God in our Bible, the God of Israel, the God of creation. Jesus came to reveal that He was not just God, but He was the God that we read of in Scripture who created everything. I mean, I think there's a lot of interesting people to follow on social media, but if you can make planets if you can say stars exist and and they exist or if you can create galaxies or human beings if you can do that you're worth following and i would argue you're worth worshiping and it just so happens that's who we follow and that's who we worship this is who christ he's saying guys i know this is going to really melt your brain but i'm not just another political, uh, you know, upbeat, want to do another revolution and, and really kick Rome in the teeth so that we can have freedom as Jewish people. That was so not what he was interested in. He was interested in revealing God. He was interested in revealing the way to eternal life by accepting Him by faith and Him forgiving our sins. He was interested... And things so much different than the disciples were even computing. 
They said, even the winds and the sea obey him. If there is somebody that can command windstorms to go away and the sea to stop raging, follow that man. (laughs) Because there's only one man that can do that. Now here's the thing. Jesus didn't want us to only know that he's God. That's the big one. I mean, I'm glad that my Christian faith isn't just going to end in this life. I'm following God. I get to be in relationship with him for eternity, but I also need help in the here and in the now on this earth. And so he's giving us other lessons to consider. Here's the thing. Never once in Scripture are we going to find a Bible verse where Jesus says, hey, now that you're my followers, there's no more storms. Oh, we got a soccer ball coming. (laughs) Bless the soccer players. There's never an assurance in Scripture, now that you follow me, there's never any storms, it's never going to be hard, there's no tribulation, just the opposite. He guarantees there will be storms. He guarantees there will be trial and tribulation. But what he says in it is, I'll be with you. And that's the difference maker. We don't want a life without problems. He didn't guarantee that. That gospel that's being presented that like follow Jesus and everything gets easy is not found in the Bible. It's not the real gospel. Jesus said, if you follow me, You might die because of your uh, witness for me. You may be martyred. He was very clear. It's, It's not that there's no guarantee. But when we go through storms, when we go through difficulties, he promises to be near us. He promises to be on the boat. He does not abandon his people. He was right there with the disciples and he wanted them to learn, if you got me, you've got everything you need because I can command anything. I can shift circumstances. Right, Zeke? <laughs> we have a, a drum solo upcoming. That drum cage is just so alluring. Thank you, sweetie. We will pause for station identification. (laughs) Here's the thing. There are so many storms that we're going to go through. There are health storms. There are times where we feel like I'm dying. That's what the disciples felt like. There's times where we go through financial storms, relational storms. There's all kinds of storms that we go through as believers. This just happened to be one of their first ones where they're probably thinking, hey, we got Jesus. It's going to be fun and cool. And ooh, we were wrong because uh, this got hard real quick. And it's amazing. They went from like really strong disciples to their like little puppies yelping at Jesus in the stern of the boat going, oh, dang, you know, and they're just like, and he just wakes up like out of a nap, like getting the sleep out of his eyes. And he's like, guys, what, what is going on? He's like, I'm trying to train you, but I've purposely brought you through this because I want to surface some of these issues that are still there. You're called to be courageous for me. You're going to do great exploits. So I'm going to show you that these fears and this, this lack of faith, we've got to work on this because you're going to be, 
You're going to be taking the ship here one day. Ultimately, Jesus is always in charge, but there was coming a day Jesus would never be there. He wouldn't be there in person for much longer. They were going to be the leaders. And so one of the reasons he he brings us through these storms is because, number one, he's saying, I want you to know that I'm God and that I'm with you, but also I want to bring up some of these issues of the heart. And when we go through these storms, we, we, we feel, okay, I guess I don't know if I really do trust you. Maybe I am really being, I'm living in fear, and, or I, I do have unbelief. And so there's, there's a gift in a sense of we go through this, we find out more of who we are. And Jesus says, I want you to know that when you get to the other side, you're going to be a different person. Because I have shown you, I'm God, I've shown you parts of yourself that you can begin to address, and I've shown you that I'm with you. Notice what they did when they were on the boat. It's amazing how sometimes all you can do is pray. They didn't debate doctrine, they didn't, you know blame one another they went straight to jesus and they just prayed like ugly prayers there's good prayer i mean most of what we do here is we just pray good you know feel good prayers these are those ugly prayers where you just are like screaming ah we're dying and jesus says i'm just kind of teaching you how to pray in this here's the thing storms teach us how to pray why do we go through hard times as christians jesus i want you to learn how to pray now we know that in this story, Jesus was asleep, but in the ultimate scheme of things, God never sleeps. Although God was literally sleeping on a boat, he was also seated above. Isaiah says, seated above the circle of the earth. He's still in control. And here's the thing, we go through these storms when we think God's asleep. We go through difficulty and what do we think? He doesn't care. He doesn't see me. He's not concerned. In fact, in the other accounts, in the Mark account, the prayer that Mark records is, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? That's why I love reading all the Gospels. There's different details. Don't you care? We're dying. Oh, no, I really care enough to teach you a lesson that you'll never forget. Because when you feel like you're dying and there's no way forward, and then I show you I'm God, I'm bigger than everything, then you never forget that. And that's the purpose of these storms. We learn how to pray. We learn how to call on God. And then God arises and says, I'm so much bigger than this storm. I am so much bigger than you've ever conceived. I made the world and it obeys me. And you're my son and daughter, so you're in good company. And every once in a while, you're going to go through hard times. Call on me. I will show up. And then it will be real, real. See, here's the thing. We have such an intellectual Christianity until we go through storms. And then it gets personal. That's why Jesus doesn't gear. He wants us throughout our life to know him more personally. And guess what? They had a personal experience with God. They didn't read that in a book. That wasn't a Bible story for them. They thought we're dying. And we went to that napping Jesus and said, ah! And he stood up there and said, I rebuke the wind. And the wind's like, okay, yes, master. 
That's really intense. That's super intense. He wants us, by the end of our days, to have gone through enough storms where we can look back and go, oh my goodness, I remember that season and that season and that season, and I just kept getting closer to him. He kept revealing himself to me more. And that's, that's what I want to give to all of us tonight. I've got storms I'm going through. You may be going through some. He's, he's seeking for us to have a more personal relationship with him. And, and when, we, when we're like at our wit's end, it's over. He shows up and says, oh, it's not over. I was just taking you through that just to kind of surface a few things so you could pray about it, but mostly so you could seek me and see my power show up in your life. These were just regular people. These were just regular, brand new followers of Jesus. They weren't all mature. They didn't know what to do. But here's the thing. They, they went to the right person. They showed it. <laughs> I tell you what, most of Christianity is just go to the right person. It doesn't have to be fancy. I teach how to pray through Scripture. There's hundreds, maybe even thousands of ways we can pray through Scripture. But man, there's those times where it's like, oh, it's over. It's a hurricane. Ah! And perhaps Paul had heard this story. And so when he was going through his Storm in the book of Acts, chapter 27 and 28, perhaps he remembered, oh, I remember the disciples, they told us a story of when, you know, God showed up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and maybe he was thinking of that as he was praying in his own difficult time. I want you to know tonight, God cares. God cares enough to bring us through the difficulties and the storms. He cares enough to hear our prayers and he cares enough to step in right at the right moment. In Luke 8, where's your faith? They were afraid, they marveled, they said to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. Never forget who you are in relationship with. Never forget that. There's nothing in this universe that he cannot do. You know, and there's somebody that will always say, well, God can't, you know, make a circle square, you know, something impossible. God can do whatever he wants. Creation obeys him. He, you know, God's not going to, you know, cease to exist or something. Like some people would say, well, God, there's things God can't do. But you know what I mean. There is no there's no devil he can't rebuke, there's no storm he can't silence or you know there's no person he can't save or no financial provision he can't release, there's no mountain he can't move. There's no healing he's not capable of doing. I mean so just whatever it is, whatever storm you're going through just understand he sees, he cares, he listens for our prayers and he steps in at the right time. Now, there's a waiting involved sometimes. There's, sometimes it, it, it tarries. But he will answer. Amen. Amen. Let me just go ahead and pray for us. And then if there's any questions, I'll answer those before we get into our group here.
you done already? Amen. <laughs> That's all I got. We'll talk more though. But hey, hey, Father, we just uh, we love you, and uh, God, I just ask you to um, to just make this real to us, Lord. I pray that you would even begin to show up in our personal storms, begin to show up, Lord, as this same Jesus who rebuked the winds and the sea, begin to rebuke those difficulties and show up in our life as the God of creation who is capable of all things, God. I pray for those present. I pray for those on uh, streaming. I pray for those on the recording, God, that we would begin to see you move through the storms of life, God. And maybe there are some yet in the future, far from now, Lord, I pray that we would remember that you are the God, that even the winds, even the sea obeys. Nothing is outside of possibility when God is in the equation. And uh, encourage tonight, strengthen your people, not only in this room, but throughout our city tonight. Strengthen your church, strengthen your leadership in Jesus' mighty name. We lift up anybody that feels like they're drowning at sea, Lord. They're going through an intense storm, Lord. Show up powerfully even tonight, even this week, even in this season, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.